Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Italian Football News podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brooks. Today I'm joined by Francesco Amesbury. How are you doing, Francesco? I'm good, thanks, Sam. Good to be here. Excellent. Good to have you on, as always. And James Brook. How are you doing, James? Evening, Sam. Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Looking forward to getting into another interesting week of, of action. Yeah, it's a fascinating weekend uh, at both ends of the table. Um, only one place to start, though, of course. Huge battle uh, in the race for the top four on Sunday evening. Milan travelling to Turin to play Juventus. Both teams were level on 69 points heading into the game. Um, I think most would probably say Juve slight favourites given recent history and everything like that. But Milan won 3-0 with a dominant performance. Francesco, what were your thoughts on the game? Where did it go so right for Milan and, and so wrong for Juve? I think that Pioli made all the right decisions. I think everything he he decided worked out for him. I think it, it was the first time that he's had his whole squad available for a while. He chose to start Diaz, and I think Diaz was Milan's best player. He, you know, he he scored the goal, and he he also got the penalty as well. And he was excellent till he had to come off. I think having Benasser and uh, Kessi in midfield again makes a big difference to them, and. Also, he kept faith with uh, with Tomori, who's had a couple of shaky performances. Tomori had a great game, apart from the goal. He looked really sound defensively. Um, so, yeah, I think all of the choices that Purely made worked out for him. And having having a full squad, uh, you know, a full strength squad available to him, I think made a difference for them in this game. Uh, so, yeah, that's probably where the you know the big pluses were for Milan. I think the other real difference was the fact that Milan, you can see the way they want to play. Purely's got this idea of football and they've been doing it all season to be fair to Purely and having all those players fit again, you could see there's a clear idea, a clear identity to the side. They want to do things a certain way and you could, you know, they, um, you can see it in the patterns of play, you can see it in their defensive positioning and I think Purely deserves a lot of credit for this. Um, and conversely, I think Pirlo has lost his way a little bit. I think a lot of uh, this result, and I suppose quite a bit of the season, he is responsible for. Um, you know, again, they had this kind of messy, it's, it's a half 4-4-2, four, four, half 4-3-3 four, three, three formation. Maybe it's even a bit of a 3-5-2. Th- it's not really clear. And I think that really showed yesterday against Milan, who seemed to really know what was happening, what was going on, how they needed to approach the game. And something that Juve didn't really have. Yeah, certainly uh, seem to be two sides at sort of different stages of their progression. Um, I want to focus on the victors first. So um, with, with Milan, something that really impressed me, actually, and I'm glad you mentioned it, I thought from the back they were really solid yesterday. As you mentioned, Kier and Tamori have both had a couple of below-par performances recently, but that, I thought they were both excellent um, and they dominated the midfield area as well. Um, maybe slight setback from Milan in that it looks like Ibrahimovic hurt his knee, James, um, po- possibly a season-ending injury. W- will Milan miss him or do you think they'll be able to cope without him? Because they seem to cope without him pretty well when he has picked up injuries this season. Yeah, I mean, we spoke, I mean, I know you spoke uh, a, a few weeks ago about how Zlatan's been more of a hindrance at times to to Milan. And yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that big a blow as it would have done. Um, probably or initially when he got injured was it around Christmas time he, he was out for a little while and it felt like a big blow at the time um, it doesn't feel like it's that big a blow I mean maybe it's just riding on the high of a, a victory um, a big victory last night but to me it doesn't it doesn't feel that, that important uh, I must say I don't know if you think any different but it seems to me they've got enough um, without him but yeah I enjoyed the game last night um, Milan will definitely take momentum from that um, and I absolutely have to agree with what Francesco says about about uh, Pirlo and about Juve looking tactically just all over the place. Um, I think it was the commentator was saying it's kind of thirty. He's never gone with a consecutive kind of lineup in the same positions in the whole season, basically Pirlo. So it, he's tried everything basically, and it, it just looks like he's 
he doesn't. He does look lost. He doesn't look like he knows his best eleven. Doesn't look like he knows where to play players. Um, and yeah, that was the difference last night. It looked to me like kind of two um, aged Hollywood superstars making kind of a, a remake of a classic film that nobody wanted to see. Uh, and one of them's clearly still kind of got it, and the other one's fallen off a little bit. So that's the way I I saw it. And um, and yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna take something now for Pirlo to pick those players up and to turn it around. But in terms of Zlatan, I think Milan uh, momentum will take them through. Um, Diaz, uh, Francesco mentioned, I thought looked really really lively, and he hasn't always when he's played, so that's a big bonus. Um, but I don't know; it's hard to say, isn't it, with Zlatan? You always feel yeah. his presence, even if he's not playing. So that's yeah, a big I, thing. He'll speak for the dressing room, even if he's not doing it on the pitch. He'll still be around the squad. He'll still be uh, pushing players on and he'll still be making sure that he's uh, involved in, in a central point of the squad. So uh, maybe that's the way forward for him. Maybe not on the pitch, maybe somewhere in, in the stands um, or higher up is the way forward for Zlatan now. Yeah, I think um, since Christmas in particular, I don't think he's had much of an influence at all on the pitch. Um, I think he's had one good game against Palmer when he got a couple of assists and he still managed to get sent off in that game. Um, and I, I, to be honest, I thought it was Milan's worst player yesterday. He was offside most <laughs> yeah, of the time. But um, I don't want to come across as if I'm hating on Zlatan, but he was a bit shit yesterday. Um, anyway, on to Juventus. A couple of things I wanted to ask you about Francesco tactically. Um, first point, Chiesa gave Teo Hernandez nightmares in the reverse fixture back in January. Were you surprised that he played exclusively from the left and so didn't come up against Teo at all this time? And also, do you think that Dybala came on a bit too late? He looked quite lively in that final 10 minutes but it was only the last 10 minutes. I think both of those things are probably true, but it's um, it's kind of a wider conversation, I'd say. Uh, I, I just, I, to me, it feels a bit like Pirlo is almost hamstrung by the types of players he has in this squad in a similar way to how Sarri was. So I feel like this Juve side has got lots and lots of good players but Pirlo hasn't been able to work out a good way of playing. If you listen to his interviews well, after the game yesterday, he, he kind of alludes to this. He kind of says, yeah, it's, it, I'm having to play in a way that I wouldn't really want to play. And I think that, uh, you know, we've spoken about this before this season. I feel like having Ronaldo in the team means that Pirlo can't really play with three up front which is something he might consider considering the other Juve players. And he can't really play with, um, because with Ronaldo, you can't, I don't know that Ronaldo wants to play as the central striker on his own. I don't know if he's got the, the kind of physical attributes to do that. And he doesn't really want to play wide because then he's got defensive duties. And I think this really kind of means that Pidlock can only play a certain way. And I've, that, that then has an effect on all the other players, in my opinion. So it means that Chiesa can't play as a, in a 4-3-3 as a wide striker. It means that um, Dybala has less time on the pitch, I think. And all of those kind of things contribute to, to the kind of messy formations that he's been coming up with to try and kind of, I suppose, sh shoehorn a Ronaldo into the team that that sounds crazy what, what i'm saying because ronaldo you know there's an argument to say he's been their best player he's got 25 plus goals this season but you know to to get a, a type of football that that pirlo is happy with that ronaldo is also part of i think that's that's where pirlo struggled this season and i think it's the same sort of problems that sadi had last year I just wanted to ask, I know we've had the Ronaldo kind of conversation and we'll probably have it in the future as well because it is one that doesn't go away. I just want, I just wonder what you think is the best way, Francesca. What do you think he should be? Because to me, like you say, Ronaldo doesn't want to play up front by himself. He doesn't want to trap back. The way I see it is he's he's best playing in a two, um, either with that's, whether that's with Dybala kind of um, playing off him or whether it's with somebody, a target, more a target man like Morata, who can hold it up for him. And then maybe with a diamond in midfield, uh, Dybala either in behind, Kulusevski maybe, but then you do lose. For me, aside from maybe Ronaldo, begrudging that you could say he's been the best player, I think Chiesa is uh, Juve's key man. But if you go with that system with two up top, you do then lose 
him coming from either from the right or the left. So what do you think is the right way? I know uh, I don't want you auditioning for Pirlo's job or anything, but in case uh, Agnelli is listening, what do, what do you think, Francesca? What, what is the way forward for them? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a really good question and it's difficult. I'm not surprised that Pirlo's been having problems because uh, I don't know that... I mean, I think if, if Ronaldo is there, he has to play. And I agree with you that he wants to play in a two. And I also think that he wants to play with a striker. He doesn't want to play with a Dybala-style player. He wants to play with someone who's going to basically take a few of the hits in the, in the same way that Benzema did at, at Real Madrid. Mm. So I think he wants to play with Morata. And, and that kind of works. I, you know, I can see that combination working. It does mean, however, that you then have to... For me, you can't really play with a 4-4-2 anymore. I think you you end up being outnumbered in midfield. And I think you have showed that in, re, in the kind of second half of the season when Pidlow's tried that, they've struggled. And often that's been because they've been outnumbered in second field. So then if you're going to play a two, you have to play a 3-5-2. And I think if you play a 3-5-2, then you have problems fitting players like Kulusevski into the team and Dybala into the team. There's, there's, few, there's, there's hardly any opportunities to play those players then if you're going to go with Morata and Ronaldo up front. And also then you'll play... I think Kiers actually does a pretty good job when he plays wing back. Uh, you know, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's his best for his position, but I do. I do think he does a good job. But you are taking him away from the goal as well. So that, that's kind of you know the 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 dilemma that Pidlos had all season is is trying to get Ronaldo into the team whilst at the same time trying to get the best out of the rest of his squad. And I, I really, I don't think that's possible. No. What you know, I think you have to play a certain way to, to fit Ronaldo into the team. And that means you aren't going to play with Dybala and you aren't going to play with Kulusevski and you're going to have to play Kiesa further further away from the goal. Or you're going to play without Ronaldo and you're going to let all of those players play and probably grow. And, and that is kind of, I suppose, that's the question that you have going into the into the summer. It's, it's whether they want to carry on with Ronaldo or let him leave or you know I suppose also if they can find somewhere that, that he's going to go because I, I'm not sure that there'd be that too many other clubs that, that would want him because of not because of how good he is as a player because he's obviously very good but because of all the wages and everything that comes with him so yeah it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens I think we I think we could keep talking about Juventus for for hours. Uh, a lot to unpick there. Of course, there's, there's been talk over the last few hours about what's going to happen with them refusing to pull out of the European Super League. Uh, I've seen them being threatened with expulsion from Syria. So this might not matter. They might not be able to play anyone as things stand. But. Um, we're going to move on to other games this weekend, as we have to. Um, I think that this next game we're going to move on to was was a fascinating clash between Fiorentina and Lazio for both ends of the table. I'm going to come to you first, James. Huge win for Fiorentina, 2-0. I always like to start with the victors as well. They're now seven points clear of um, the drop zone. Uh, and Vlahovic got two goals to take him to 21 uh, last last foreign Fiorentina player to do that, uh, scored twenty goals in the season, was one Gabriel Batistuta. So, um, what what sort of potential do you think Vlahovic has? I think he's got a lot of potential, definitely. I think it's always easy, isn't it, when someone comes in, um, a young player who's only twenty one, as you say, and and scores a lot of goals. It's 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 impossible not to get excited about a player like that. Um, I think, on a note of caution, I think he would be wise to look at his countrymen, um, albeit in a different league. Uh, Luka Jovic, I think, is, is somebody who you can compare him to, not in the way that they play necessarily, but just in that he had a, an excellent season off the back of a, a kind of OK season, scored a couple of goals, but then he suddenly exploded and had an excellent season in a good league for a, for a good team. Um, although Frankfurt were, were slightly better than Fiorentina, but then he's got a big move to to a, a, a huge club really uh, at a similar age and he and he's barely played he hasn't been able to make his mark so I think a note of caution for Vlahovic he'd, he'd just be wise looking at somebody like Luka Jovic and, and wondering whether he'd be better because he'll, he'll get he'll get interested he'll get offers that's for sure there's there's a lack of real quality prop what I would call proper strikers about in Europe at the moment and if teams plenty of teams need one they'll be looking around okay he's got 21 league goals he's big he can he can hold the ball up he can play he can link play uh, he's got a great left foot um, and teams will be interested but I think he would be wise just taking stock and having a look about and seeing 
that he's in a good place. Uh, Fiorentina, it looks like they might get Gattuso in. I think that would be quite a wise appointment. It's quite shrewd. I think he's he's got potential to to take them places. Um, and I would would I'd like to see him stay. To be honest, in terms of potential, massive potential. Yeah, he's got everything that you need in the striker, and it's exciting to see. Um, if he stays there, it'd be exciting to see him really kick on and, and take Fiorentina on his wide shoulders and, and push them further on. Yeah, I saw a report coming out this weekend saying that Fiorentina are set to offer him a new deal, uh, which would see him earn, I think, €3 million Euros a year until 2025. Francesco, do you think he should stay at Fiorentina at least for another season? Or do you think if, if big clubs come calling, I've seen him linked with AC Milan, Roma, even Liverpool, um, should should he look for a move away or another season in Florence for you? I um. I totally agree, really, with what James was saying. I think um, there would be no harm with him staying at Fiorentina for another for another season, at least, he, if not longer. He's still really young, 20, 21, you know. Even if he stays till the end of his contract, it's only another couple of years, so he'd be 23, still, still very young. And I think James is right. There are lots of um, examples of players leaving too early. I can think of another one for me. Balotelli left Italian football too early. You know, when he was at Inter, he was destined to be, uh, you know, one of the top strikers in, in Europe. And, you know, we all know what happened to him. He kind of lost his way a bit, probably for other reasons as well. But I think the other thing I'd say is if he is going to leave, I'd want him to go to somewhere where he's going to play. Um, so he should choose wisely. If, if he does feel that he needs to leave this season, then somewhere like Milan that might be a good option but he's got to think that Ibrahimovic is there is Ibrahimovic going to be happy to play on the bench I don't know um, and if he comes does to he, the does Premier he start League... ahead of Ibrahimovic right now though if he went to Milan right now would you start him ahead of Ibrahimovic I would yes but yeah. but Milan have just invested 7 million euros to to pay Ibrahimovic for next season yeah you know you know the kind of personality that Ibrahimovic has uh, I don't know if he's going to be happy being on the bench it, it would yeah, I, I, I mean, that's all I'd say, that he needs to go somewhere he is going to play. And, and James, um, just moving on to Lazio. So this was this was a rare defeat for them. They've been in excellent form lately. Um, would you say they're now out of the top four race? If they've got this game in hand and if they win that, they'd only be three points outside the top four. So for you, if they win these final four games, are they still in with a good chance or have they just left themselves a bit much to do now? I mean, if they win all four games, then they've definitely got a chance. I think other teams will drop points too. Um, but I'd say that's probably them just about done now. Um, obviously, they've still got the, the Rome derby coming. The other fixtures look quite kind, to be fair. But I, I think they've left themselves slightly too much. And to be fair, credit to them. They've, they've really sustained a push for, for a lot longer than I think all of us would have would have thought they might have done. Um and key players haven't been in great form as well, so they've they've sustained a, a, a kind of a push for longer than I thought they would. I think the aim for next season is to keep Inzaghi and to. I, it looks like they're going to get Europa League. I think they should aim to be winning that competition. I think that would be absolutely enormous for the club and. That's where he's brought silverware in the past, and I think that's where they should aim their kind of energy into next season. But I think probably just about done for them now, which is a shame because they they were good in the Champions League this year. It's always a pleasure to see. Obviously, we couldn't see the fans in um, for the for the European run this season, um, but I think they should be aiming to to win some silverware in Europe next year, and I'd, I'd imagine that they would go far in the Europa League. Yeah, of course, we've seen Italian teams go far the last couple of seasons into making the final last year, Roma, the semis uh, this year. Um, but one team who certainly aren't out of the top four race, and I, I think they're nailed on to get it now, to be honest, <clears throat> and that's Atalanta. Uh, just the five goals for them this weekend. 5-2 uh, winners away at Parma. Um Francesco, they're firing on all cylinders at the moment. Um, it, it might sound strange to say this, but with the Coppa Italia now just over a week away, would you put them as slight favourites for that game? Against Juventus, that is. I think I would, yeah, based on the way both of those sides are playing at the moment. Um, Atalanta, the other thing that's so impressive about Atalanta is they just score so many goals. I mean, 
if you look at Gasperini yesterday, he actually looked quite upset with the performance. And it's a game in which they scored five goals. And they have goals just from everywhere at the moment. doesn't matter who plays. The subs are getting goals. Whoever starts from all areas of the pitch. And compared to Juve, uh, yeah, who look a bit of a mess right now, you'd have to say that Atalanta were favourites. I'd put them as I'd put them as massive favourites. Actually, to be honest, I really would. I think they've um, they, they, they might have to rest players. Kind of when it's it's uh, it's coming up soon, into they might have to it's rest. Ne- ne- next Wednesday, the final. Next Wednesday. So they yeah. might rest players uh, in between that. It doesn't matter. Like Francesco says, whoever comes in just seems to. It's like next man up. Whoever comes in just seems to smash it. So. I don't think it matters who they play. I think that it's such a kind of a, a unity around the squad. I think they're massive favourites for that. And it'd be great to see them win it because this squad and this for the legacy of the of the kind of the period of, of Gasparini and Atalanta, because it, it will undoubtedly end at some point. For this period, they've been so good. It'd be great to see them get some silverware. They really do deserve it. So I'd put them as massive favourites and I think they'll, they could even blow Juve away in the final. You always love a bold prediction, James. <laughs> I admire that about you. Um, something that I thought was quite telling was, um, as, as you say, they rotated. Muriel and, and Pacino were both on the bench. Uh, they then both came on at half time and Pacina set up Muriel. Uh, sorry, Muriel set up Pacina and then Muriel went on and scored a couple of goals. So that that proves your point exactly, James. Um, but Francesco, did you have something to add on Atalanta? Yeah, I was just going to say about Muriel. He, so I think that was his 20, 20th and 21st goals of the season. Yeah, you're right. Without penalties, he's had zero penalties. So if you if you take out the penalties, he's, he'd be the top scorer in the division. And he's he's played kind of, it must be. 500 plus fewer minutes than some of the other strikers up there. So just to underline what an amazing season he's having. Yeah, there's uh, you, uh, you've got Lukaku, Vlahovic and Muriel all on 21 with Ronaldo out in front on 27. But of course, Lukaku and Ronaldo do take penalties. Um, does Vlahovic take Fiorentina's penalties? I'm not, I don't yeah, know how many they get exactly. Six, they, I think. Right, okay. All right, okay. Yeah, yeah so... All the other strikers in the kind of conversation have, have all got kind yeah. of five plus penalties, and he hasn't got any. So it's just well, of course, he did take one against Sassuolo and missed it. So he's probably not going to get back on him <laughs> for a while. Um, but uh, okay, we'll move on to another side who have moved into the top four this weekend. That was Napoli. Um, they were ruthless this weekend, swatting aside Spezia 4 1, particularly exceptional in the first half, James. Um, someone I want to point out was Ozimen, who scored a couple of goals this weekend. He's now into double figures for the season. Again, a bit like Muriel, obviously to a lesser extent, he's missed a lot of minutes this season, this time for injuries. If he can stay fit next year, do you think he's a potential superstar in Serie A? Definitely is. I think that's why uh, Napoli invested invested the money they did in him. Uh, I think he's been highly rated by a lot of the top scouts for a long time. Um, he's, it's, I mean, it's similar to Vlahovic in a way. He, he didn't, he came to Lille and he had an excellent season there as a young player um, without too much beyond that to back it up. And this is the kind of the price that these players go for. You hit 20, I can't remember how many goals he scored for Lille last year, but it was around 18, 19, I think. Um, you have a good season like that and all of a sudden you were 70 million or something. Um, and Ossiman looked like he might be one who, who was a, another kind of cautionary tale of that. Obviously not really his fault, uh, the injuries he picked up. Um, but, you know, he looked like he could be a, a, some, a lightning rod for kind of criticism of, of high spending. But he's since turned it around the last, what he scored, I think he scored seven in his last eight, something like that. And um, he got a, a nice assist as well yesterday. He, he's got everything similar to Vlahovic. He can hold it up. He's got pace in behind. He can play off the shoulder. He can come deeper. Um, and he's got that confidence as well of a superstar. So definitely he could be if he stays fit. I think they've got a great uh, attacking arsenal around him without him being there. And he just adds an extra bit of firepower. So 100% he could be a, could be a superstar. But alternatively, I think he could also be a flop. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's funny. I can see him going either way still, despite his, um, his, his brilliance recently. I can see him um, going either way. I don't know. Yeah, hard, to, just... hard to judge. 
he just seems to give him a bit of an extra dimension. Obviously, we've seen the likes of Insigne and Merton sort of with that team the last sort of four or five years really pulling them through. But it seemed they needed, uh, what, what was it? He came back in a couple of months ago and they needed a sort of resurgence of some kind and he seems to have given them that. Um, I know, Francesco, you've been saying for a while that you think Napoli will get top four in the end. Um I, how how do you feel after this weekend? Because obviously they slipped up against Cagliari recently. You like their running, I know. Are, are you still backing them to get the job done? Yes, yeah, I still I think so. I think um, they've they've got probably the, the best running of uh, of all the teams left, uh, kind of in the chase, and um, they are playing well. I think even against Cagliari, they, they played well. It's a game they should have won. You know, they had a goal chalked off. Uh, unfairly, and they concede in the kind of the 94th minute or something. So they are playing well, uh, and like you say, I agree with you that Osiman has, you know, he's added something to the team. He's given them probably, he's made them a little bit more clinical. They seem to be scoring more in recent games, taking the chances more. So I'm still confident that they'll do it. Having said that, I do think there's a chance they mess up, but um, but yeah, I am. I'm. I think they're going to be okay. And on the flip side, we have Spezia. Um, heavy defeat for them. James, are you a bit worried for them that they, you know, they could still get dragged down into this bottom three? I thought, you know, the second half, they gave it a decent go and did come back into it somewhat. Um, so, I don't know, how do you feel? Will they just about have enough or are you concerned for them? I, I can't call it, to be honest. It's uh, definitely concern for them. I thought they were going to be okay, but they've just... They just can't seem to pick up points at the moment, um, so I can't. I can't really call it. It'd be a shame to see them go down after such a spirited kind of six months or so, um, and they've just kind of tailed off a little bit. So I think the momentum's obviously with Calgary. Um, I know you're going to ask us about that later on. Um, the momentum's obviously with them, and that's very important. But the running doesn't look too difficult for Spezia, um, so I I still hold out hope that they can do it. Um, I think the next game might be key. I think Atalanta might give Benevento a spanking um, and that might just see them heads go down, tails drop and um, and that might be enough. They might get by, just sneak through by virtue of Benevento just being uh, traumatised. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I, I agree with James that I think, I think Spets are probably going to be okay because They've got a three-point advantage over Benevento at the moment, but also they they have the head-to-head record as well. They they, they beat them three 0 and drew with them one all over the season. So it's it's virtually four points, and um, I think that Spezia might co- pick up a couple of points from here to the end of the season. But I also I struggle to see how Benevento are going to pick up five points realistically, which is what they'd need to stay up um, from now until the end of the season. So I think Spezia are going to be okay. Yeah, that's a good point you make with head-to-head record. For, for those unaware, that is what it comes down to if teams are level on points rather than goal difference. It is head-to-head. Um, so just to point out with that top four race, uh, with Milan winning 3-0 yesterday and Juventus winning the reverse fixture 3-1, Milan now have the superior head-to-head record over Juventus, which which could be crucial. Um Just the final part for the top of the league, and we're going to go right to the top for this one. Um because we well we were just talking about uh, Napoli, uh, we did move on to Spezia, of course. But Inter won five one this weekend. I know we've been talking in recent weeks, James, about how they've been sort of edging by with these one nil, maybe two nil wins. But this was sort of you know a, a flourishing performance where they were firing on all cylinders. Um, you know, was, was this their best performance for you in the last sort of couple of months? Possibly. I think they've been putting in brilliant performances nearly every week, to be honest, for the last few months. Uh, I know it looks impressive. Uh, 5-1, obviously, it's a lot of goals um, and to top off what was a great week for them. But I think they've they've been impressive the whole time. Even a a 1-0 win against, uh, for me, the Atalanta win was was the most impressive, possibly impressive performance of the season. Um, But, I mean, it was Sampdoria, Sampdoria were kind of just they couldn't have been more welcoming kind of 
visitors. They were just all smiles during the kind of the, the guard of honor, Ranieri, all smiles and hugs and everything. And I just thought this is going to be a, a hammering before it's even kicked off. So it was good for him to get a few fringe players playing. You know, Sanchez is, is fighting for his future there and and he put in a good performance. Um, but I think it was, yeah, you have to look at the opponents and, and I think Sampa, Sampa were on the beach already and they were just you know welcoming and just happy to happy to be in the presence of champions it looked like and yeah and most impressive performance I don't think so but certainly an impressive performance good for some fringe players to get get back in maybe a few hangovers I think on the bench um nice to see Pinamonti get a goal I think he's got a big future so yeah I don't think it was that impressive on the face of it looks good but nah Sample too, too poor for me. Ranieri is such a nice man, isn't he? You know, you you feel bad to put so many goals past him, but then he's, you know, he looks so uh, no. He enjoys the, he just enjoys the occasion. So, nah, Sample weren't good enough. Yeah, it does seem that way. Uh, I think the most interesting thing, as you mentioned there with Alexis Sanchez, uh, there's a few into players who could be moved on this summer and it's going to be fascinating to see the comings and goings there. Um, we're not going to dwell on that game too much because it didn't have too much relevance, if we're honest. Um, we're now going to move on to that battle down the bottom of the table and we mentioned it already, Cagliari beating Benevento 3-1. Huge result. Uh, that moves Cagliari now four points clear of the bottom three, I believe. So, Francesco, with that win, do you now see them as pretty much safe? Yeah, I think um, you've got to give, give a lot of credit to Cagliari of what they've done over the, the last few weeks. They've had some really good results. I think that's five games without defeats now. Uh, they picked up some good victories. And it was a massive game on Saturday, um, Saturday or Sunday, but a massive game this weekend. And... I think they were a bit lucky to win because I think Benevento had a, a very decent penalty shout uh, overturned by VAR. Why was that, is, sorry, Francesco, why was that not a penalty? I don't understand that. It was, yeah, and it was I, I, nailed on for me. I think a lot of people, uh, they're confused not just by why it wasn't given, but also why VAR intervened. There seems yeah. to be a lot of controversy in Italy, a lot of conversation about that result. I don't know if you saw the, the Benevento chairman come out and yeah he wasn't quiet about it was no it's pretty you know i'd recommend going to watch him uh being interviewed on sky it's probably on the internet somewhere it's uh it's a pretty interesting watch he says some interesting things with some spicy language and um but but you know so i think benevento a bit unlucky but coyote did a good job it was such a huge game they, they won and i think now they yeah, like I was saying, it's the, it's a similar sort of situation to Spezia. It's not necessarily that I, although I do feel carrying good form, it's, it's it's not necessarily about how many points they're going to pick up to the end of the season. But I struggle to see where Benevento are going to make up the deficit. So I think that Cairo are probably okay. Yeah, looking at um, uh, Benevento's games, uh, they've got Atalanta this midweek. That doesn't look particularly welcoming. Uh, but then they finish at home to Crotone and away at Torino. So do those two games offer them some hope maybe, James? If they can win both of those, they give themselves an outside chance, right? Yeah, I mean, they do have an outside chance. They're not cut adrift at all. But And they are two winnable games after that Atalanta. I'm just worried that Atalanta will give them a paste in. Um, and they just won't be able to pull themselves up from that. But I thought they were okay. They had chances. I mean, obviously, the penalty does come at a crucial time. Uh, it was 2-1, um, and that changes the game and probably changes the outlook for the remaining kind of the last three games. But I just wanted to ask both of you, really, I don't know how much... I know Francesco says, give credit to Cagliari. You have to, because I think they've won four of the last five and there's some big wins in there. But how much credit... Can you give them really? Because for me, they shouldn't have been down there in the first place. Um, they've got quality throughout the team. I, I don't know. I don't give them any credit at all because they, they shouldn't. They shouldn't have been down there. Um, and they just, in fact, I give them the opposite because they're finally just showing. Hang on, we might go down here, and then just pulling themselves up and and doing what they should have been not should have been doing all season. But they should. They should be probably mid table for me. So I I don't know about giving them credit. To be honest, I think they probably will be fine now. Um, but I, that's they shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. So, yeah, I, no I think from my, from my perspective, there's a couple of teams. I, I have Cagliari and Genoa who are both 
happy to finish 15th or 16th mm. every year. And if you have that mindset, eventually it's going to catch up with you. It looks like they're both just about going to be okay in the end this season, but you can bet your bottom dollar they're going to be down there again next year. And eventually there won't be three teams worse than you. If you have that mindset of, oh, I, I hope there's other teams that only get 32 points this year and we can get 33. Well, they're going to get a bit more than that, actually, this year. They've had great seasons. But if you have that mindset, eventually it will catch up with you. And I feel like Genoa and Calgary have been that way for three or four years now. And I really feel that one of them could go next season. How about you, Francesco? Um, I Yeah, I mean, there's a... There's, I, I, I feel more like that about Genoa. I feel like they are a side who are happy to just go along. They often, whenever they seem to get a decent player, he leaves immediately. Um, I don't think that they've got, I don't think the club is that ambitious. I don't think their owner is that ambitious. So I could see that happening with Genoa and it, and it has happened in recent seasons. I don't really feel the same about Coyote. I think this season, I think James is right in one sense that, they they put together a decent squad at the beginning of the season. It felt like a more ambitious, um, you know, transfer market during the summer. They brought in some some higher profile players, and it has been disappointing from that point of view. Um, the only thing I'd say, I suppose, uh, what I'm saying is they deserve credit since they changed manager. You know, they'd had such a a poor run with Di Francesco, and so maybe you're right, Semplici deserve some credit, maybe more so than the players who did such a terrible job in the first half of the season. But since Semplici's come in, you know, they were in a in a pretty poor position and they've managed to drag themselves up. And especially over the last few few games, they've, like you say, they picked up a few wins. I think their only draws been against Napoli. So that was also a good result. So yeah, they deserve some credit for, for getting out of that situation. But you are right. They they've got a better side than than you know than, than being bottom five in Serie A. And uh, yeah, but I, I think I hope that they stay ambitious. I think it'd be good. It's good when the sides from the south do a bit better. So it'd be good to see them further up the league next season. And so just moving on from uh, Calgary, we're on to Genoa, actually. Uh, they lost this weekend 2-1 to Sassuolo. I want to start with Sassuolo, actually, because interesting news coming out this weekend that um, De Serbi is very close to joining Shakhtar next season, apparently. Um, James, how big a blow is this for Sassuolo, given what they've achieved under him the last couple of years? And do you think this can maybe have a domino effect with, you know, some players maybe leaving like Locatelli uh, this mm. summer or, or can they continue to entertain as they have these last couple of years? I think it depends who they get in. I mean, it's it's not, it won't be a surprise to them. It's been, uh, you know, his contract's been, it, they've known what's happening presumably for some time. So it, it can't be a shock to them. The way that the clubs run, you'd imagine that there's a plan in place. Um, they're a forward-thinking club. They they are quite meticulous. Um, at least that's the way I see them. Um, so I'm sure that they'll have something lined up. It is a blow, and it is it is disappointing to be honest because I know he's his star's somewhat fallen over the last year, maybe eighteen months. But I, I do still feel that Deserbi can be a good manager for a better team in Syria. I know disrespect to Sassuolo because I think he's always, I think there are clubs that are going places, um, but that is largely down to him. Not completely, but he's had a big hand in that. Um, and I would have liked to have seen him make an, uh, maybe not even a sideways step, but to a, to a, at least to a league that. To a top league, I think it, it would be great to see him there because it, the, the trouble is Shakhtar are a great club um, and obviously they're competing in Europe and everything. I don't know whether they're going to be in the Champions League next season. Um, I'm not sure that they are actually, but they're going to be in Europe. So if you look at it that way, it's, uh, it's better for him in, in terms of managerial experience and things. And they're a great club, but the trouble is you move to Shakhtar and you just fall out of vision of the, the general football in public um, and the consciousness of the general football in public. And it'd be a shame for that to happen to Deserve because I think he deserves to be in that conversation when not maybe when not top jobs come up, but when you know second tier jobs come up in 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 top leagues. And it is disappointing. It, it was a shame to see that happen. Um, but they need to make the right choice now because it's easier to go down than to go up from the position that they are in. And they have made great steps. They might still overturn Roman and jump into that that top seven this season. Um, 
But even if they don't, if they manage to come eighth again, it's another it's another good season for them. But it is easy. It's a long way down from there, and it's a quick fall basically. So they need to make the right decision. And in terms of players leaving, I think you can't stop that anyway. I don't think it would matter too much if Dzebi was there or not. Um, it depends on the agents and things like that, and, and there can be things in the pipeline regardless of what happens. But it's it's a quick and a long way down for them, and it's a very hard climb up. Um, so I hope they make the right decision. I don't know who that will be. I know Juric is someone who possibly might be able to to make the step there. Uh, Italiano is obviously someone who's been mentioned. He's done a good job this season. Um, Spezia. But you don't find coaches like Dzerbi growing on trees, you know. So disappointed. I'm disappointed, to be honest. I don't know about you guys, but it's Shakhtar, brilliant club. They've got some great talents there and they always have done. But it is a little bit football in wilderness um, so it, it's not somebody who wants a challenge to me he goes and takes the Shakhtar job I know Fonseca came back and, and has done a semi-decent job but I know I'm, I don't want to keep talking because I'm going to get some heat from from um, from the Ukrainian following um, and I, I do think Shakhtar are a brilliant club and, and what they stand for is great but it is a bit of a shame to see um, to see him it doesn't, it's not an ambitious move to me yeah, we've, we've spoken, I, I hate to keep bringing this up, but they are a sort of baby Atalanta. And as, as we've said, I think I mentioned this last week as well, what's so impressive about Atalanta is if they'd have done what they'd done for one or two seasons, fair enough. But they managed to do it for five straight years now. Uh, and we were hoping maybe the Sassuolo could continue their progression and do the same. Uh, you know, with Atalanta, I, I saw Gasparini came out this weekend and said he's very happy there. You know, he's been linked with the Tottenham job, but he said, no, I'm happy here. That's not happening. So it's a, it is a shame. I agree with you, James. Um, moving on to Genoa, Francesco. Um, you know, I'm sort of saying the same things over and over here, but they're five points clear of relegation. Again, we've sort of said Benevento can maybe win a couple of games, so they could get six points. So do you think Genoa maybe need one more win? Or again, do you think they're going to be all right? I think they're going to be okay. I think more because of the amount of teams that would have to kind of pick up points in the last few games of the season. I think there's three other teams. Uh, so so four other teams would have to overtake them from now to the end of the season. And I just, I don't see that happening. You know, I don't have that much faith that Jen are going to pick up, <clears throat> excuse me, too many more points by from now to the end of the season. But I think there's just too many other teams that have to do too much for them to to fall into trouble. Yeah, it does seem that way. Um, and we'll move on to another team that are down there. Verona played Torino. Uh, Torino, other side down there. Um, this ended in a one-all draw. Actually, very nearly an important win for Torino. They took the lead late on, but were pegged back. I'll stay with you, Francesco. Um, again, similar situation. I, I think they're on, are they on 35 points now, Torino? I'll have to double-check that. Uh, yeah, so 35. Yeah, so four points clear of Benevento. Um so in a similar position to Cagliari, if you had to say one team that's going to get pulled back into it out of Spezia, Cagliari and Torino, as it does seem to probably be one of those, who who would you pick? I'd probably go for Spezia um, because I think that the other two have have had a bit of form recently. I think a little bit like Cagliari, Torino have picked up in the, in the last few weeks. I think they've, they've only had one defeat in six. So they've been picking up points, draws and wins. Um, and they have an, a decent run in, in that they play Spezia and Benevento in the last two games of the season. I mean, they've got a tougher match next against Milan, but you'd think that they'll probably be able to, to pick up some points and that will probably be enough, even if they just draw those last two matches or, or one win is probably enough to make them safe. So I think they're going to be okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they've ever been in that much danger, to be honest. I know I've sound like a broken record with Torino, but I just, I don't think they've ever really been in, in that much trouble. They've lost less games than, than kind of half the league, basically. So they, I know the league position, they're obviously, they look dangerously close to the drop and they have been in the bottom three for a lot, but I don't feel like they've ever been really a serious candidate to go down, to be honest. They've got to, they're just too difficult to beat. I say it every time I come on, but they're just too difficult to beat. They don't get beat that often. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing them next season. I think they could be a surprise package. 
um, and I think they could finish a lot higher than they're going to this season. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, they had a disastrous start to the season under Gianpaolo and at that point, they were finding ways to lose. But you're right, they have been become a a more difficult proposition to break down lately. Um, one team that are already down, as we know, that's Crotone. They got a bit of a thrash in this weekend from Roma. Uh, focusing on Roma, Francesco, a bit more of a positive week for them. They did themselves you know, a bit more justice in the second leg of the Europa League, even though they went out to Man United. Um, and then 5-0, maybe slightly flattering scoreline. It only became 2-0 about 20 minutes to go. Um, but, you know, is it now just try and get that final Europa League spot and then build from there under Mourinho? Yeah, I think so. I hope so. I hope they are trying to get into the Europa League. I feel like... Right now, they you know they they still have work to do. Sassuolo only a couple of points behind, and I think it would mean a lot more to Sassuolo than it would to Roma. Um, but I suppose they deserve some credit in that they they're playing for a manager who they know is going to leave, and uh, and they won five nil. They, they they've got a, I think Roma have got a decent squad. They've got some interesting players. Barcamayoral scored a couple of goals this. This weekend, he's gone into double figures. You know, his first season in Serie A looks like a prospect. Uh, Pellegrini's, I think he got into double figures as well, or, or I think it was his ninth goal of the season. So his yeah, best, no, in, in, into uh, double figures, I believe. Into yeah. double figures, yeah. So he's having another really good season. I mean, he's he's also got a lot of assists and he's probably a, an Italian midfielder who goes under the radar a little bit. I think we, we talk a lot more about the kind of... Um, Verratti and Jorginho and uh, Barella we've spoken a lot about him Pellegrini kind of he sometimes gets left out of those conversations but if you look at his numbers he's actually doing really well in a team that's struggled a bit this season so they they have reasons to be um, to be optimistic going into next season and um, I think it would be good for them to play in Europe so I do hope that they, they put the effort in a line in these last couple of games. It is it is the it's Europa Conference League, is it that seventh get into? I don't think I think seventh will go into the Europa Conference League. I think sixth, fifth, and sixth will be Europa League, um, and I think seventh through Europa Conference League. And <laughs> I don't know. We should know, shouldn't we? But it's it's that confusing that. But I I think they're I think they're going for Europa Conference League to be honest. Um, but I don't know. But if, if, if they are, I mean, it'd be interesting to see how serious they do take that competition. Um, I've got a feeling that Mourinho will be desperate to win it um, in that he loves getting trophies on the board. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, and he'll take great pleasure in ending that drought for Roma if, if they do, if, if, if he does manage to do it. But I absolutely agree, Francesco. They've got some really good young players as well. I think Pellegrini is a, a player to, to build a team around. We forget that Zaniolo's um, to come back as well. You know, he's an exceptional player. Whether he'll be the same after those two massive injuries, we don't know. But they've got a, a good core there. They've got some other good youngsters. Uh, Darbo was someone I didn't know too much about. He, he played at the weekend. They've got a good young Polish lad as well. Zalewski, I think it is. He's looking interesting. So they've, they've got enough there to, to be optimistic about next season definitely and I think you're right you have to give them credit because they're, they're probably playing for the least of any team in Europe in in a way you know the managers leaving even if they've had a damp squib of a season players will be looking to to impress for next season but you know with Mourinho coming in it'll just rip up the whole playbook and try and start again so credit to them for for putting in a performance like that but I don't know can you confirm Sam if they are playing for Europa Conference. Yeah, I need to double check this actually. I think you might be right actually. I was just trying to look at it then. It might be for this Euro Conference League. I I need to look more into it to be honest. It was one of those things I thought it was coming up in a couple of years and then I realised no, it's actually next season. So yeah. I'll have to look up the ramifications of that but you may well be right. Um, I'll find out for next week. Um, final game of the week. Uh, that we're going to talk about was Udinese Bologna. This ended one all. Two teams that are pretty much safe. They're going to finish just inside the bottom half. It looks like Francesco. Out of those two teams, who do you think has maybe had a better season or, or has a brighter future moving forwards? Um, I think that is two different answers. I think Udinese have had a better season, yeah. but um, I think there's a good chance they'll they'll lose Depaul this summer. 
Um, I think, you know, take a look at his goal this weekend. He scored another great goal. He's he's had a brilliant season. And I expect some bigger clubs to come looking for him. And um, Bologna, on, on the other hand, have got, I'd say they've got a younger, more interesting squad with, with kind of talents who are just about to break through. And so I expect them to have another good season, uh, you know, to have a better season next season. In terms of potential, I'd say Bologna going forwards. But in terms of this year, I'd say Udinese have had a slightly slightly better season. And actually, for, for what they've shown on the pitch, they've probably slightly underachieved. I think they could be a little bit higher up. Um, and they've and they've pulled off some good results as well. They've taken a lot of points off the off the top side. So, yeah, I'd say Udinese have had a better season, but Bologna going forwards. Yeah, we'll be we'll be interested to follow those two teams at the moment. You say they're probably both on the beach right now. That you know they're up around that forty point mark and they're, they're going to be fine. Um, and so we're going to look ahead. Uh, we've got the game week thirty six coming up. Except for Lazio and, Fu- and Torino, have still got that rearranged game to come. Um, what games this midweek are you looking forward to the most, James? Yeah, I was just having a look at the fixtures. I know that, I mean, quite amazingly for this time of the season, not not long left, there's not really teams that are coming up directly against each other with the same thing to play for. Uh, if you if you catch my mean, and they're all kind of in different areas of the table, apart from maybe Cagliari, Fiorentina, and that could be interesting if, if Cagliari go and carry on their good form, Fiorentina, uh might be just slightly nervous. I know they're more or less safe, but they do need a couple of points still. So that might be one to um, to keep an eye on. Otherwise, like I said before, I think if you're looking for goals, um, I'd head, head to, to Bergamo. I think Atalanta might absolutely smash Benevento. Um, so if you're looking for goals, that would be my first stop. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Fiorentina Lazio was going to be a lot of goals this past weekend. So when it was only two, I was quite disappointed. But I think you're right in that Atalanta Benevento uh, will have plenty of goals in it. Um, how about you, Francesco? Any games that catch your eye? I think uh, Sassuolo Juve is um, is a potential banana skin for Juve. Sassuolo still got something to play for. We know that they can they can play well, and they've uh, given trouble to a lot of the top sides this season. So I think that is going to be a tough game and there's obviously so much riding on it at the moment. And the same goes for the for the Milan match. Milan are playing at Torino and um, Torino, they're still fighting for, for safety. And I think that is a potential banana skin. I think it would be a shame for Milan if they, you know, after having played so well this weekend, they, they messed up. But I think both of those games have got a lot of pressure for those two sides. So it's going to be interesting to see if they come through those tests. Yeah, I think... Definitely, absolutely. I think looking ahead, it's they've almost tried to squeeze in the midweek games where there's not that much riding. The next week's the big ones, isn't it? Um, yeah, you, you look next week. You've got Juve, Inter, Roma, Lazio. Some some big uh, headline acts coming in at the weekend, isn't there? So they've tried to squeeze this one in, and then uh, and then next week come come the big boys. Obviously, there's not much riding on. Well, Inter, that, but that, I'm really looking forward to that Juve Inter game because it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Two teams with. One with nothing to play for will be lording it over the other one and the other one just scrapping for their lives. And that's going to be fantastic to, to see. I just think we should give a mention as well just to Selenitana went up um, this afternoon. So they, yes. they've gone up to City our first time, I think 20, 20 years, 22, 23 years, something like that. Um, so congrats to them. They're going to be a good watch, I think, next season. Yeah, I saw... Um... They haven't faced Napoli in Serie A, I believe, since 1948. So there's a bit of a derby to look forward to, guys. Um, I know we've been looking forward to it for 72 years. Uh, and on <laughs> the Sassuolo-Juventus game, uh, I think on, on current form, we'd have to say it's potential banana skin for Sassuolo because uh, Juventus haven't been giving us much. But uh, but no, all jokes aside, it's going to be a fascinating week coming up. Um, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, James and Francesco, for joining me. And... No We'll speak to you again soon. All right. Bye, everyone.